You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 60 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. BrandonRendiniFitness.com, where lifestyle and fitness, they go hand in hand. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. BrandonRendiniFitness.com, where you go to a party, make the host cook you dinner, (laughs) and then you leave. How's that? Or you could be like, Stagai and not even go. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, yeah, just quick get out of the way here since Chris put it out in the open. Uh, my wife turned 30 yesterday. Happy birthday. Happy. Well, you'll hear this Monday. Her birthday was Saturday. Happy birthday to my lovely wife. Uh, I didn't know it was a BBBQ. Birthday barbecue. <laughs> well, if you paid attention to anything or opened your Facebook account once in a while, yeah, you'd know these things. The Facebook. You have Facebook. If we're going to be successful here it. as individual personalities, you need to be better on social media. I got you over point. 300 followers. Oh, he got oh, you. Yeah. He did it. I it know, was Patrick, was... bro. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm giving away all this good stuff here. You're right. I got you over 300 followers. We could get an original tweet from you once in a while. Yeah, I'll throw in some. Right? No, he has some. You should check yeah. them out. They're actually pretty good. Thanks. It took him like... Up until like last week to finally follow me, get so there. I'm a little yeah. I I didn't follow both of you guys. I saw Chris follow me. I'm like, God, Chris took you that long to follow me, and then I noticed I wasn't <laughs> even following him. So anyway, we had a barbecue Saturday night for my wife, and Chris came, brought his wife and his children. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. We had some other family and friends there, and then BrandonRendiniFitness.com, who you know, sponsor of the show, but he is also my neighbor comes in like an hour after I'm done cooking for everybody. Makes you throw food you back turn, on the grill. I turn the grill back on. So, no problem, right? I'm the host. I cook, right? And then, the second it started raining, no, dude... No, no. It was like, you were like cleaning up after cooking for him, inside. Like, bringing things in, and you came back out, and he was gone. He was gone. Because that a couple it. of droplets... Dine and dash. Dine and dash. A couple of droplets of rain. Dude bounces, doesn't even say goodbye. Doesn't even give your wife a card. He just hands her a bottle of wine or whatever and money and says happy birthday. I'll take the money, though. I'll take the money. I'll take it. I like his approach. Uh, You know what? You should have brought that up before we opened the show. I would have dropped him as an official sponsor of the show. Maybe we still will. We'll talk about it. We have more important things to talk about. Yeah, like why didn't that guy right even show up yesterday? I got held up, and then it was just late and... I had to help. I had to help my he friend. He was move. helping a friend. Helping a friend. Mm. Yeah. I hope she helped you too. A little Ryan. speculation. <laughs> could use. So, uh, could use Brad Hand. For, uh, <laughs> well, you've been using your Brad Hand too much. That's why maybe it would be helpful yeah. if a friend helped you out, right? Yeah. Well, um, let's get on track. Anyway, here. we haven't talked talk, since talk uh, about the Yankees. 
We haven't talked since uh, before the All-Star break. Your last pod was recorded Saturday night before the final game of the first half of the season. Um, not a lot going on in the Yankees' world, really. Machado went to the Dodgers. I don't think he was ever a realistic ex- uh, no. option for the Yankees. I mean, I did. It, it got to a point for a while from the things we were hearing that it was a real possibility. It wasn't. It wasn't like the speculation of Cashman putting in an offer was fake, like a lot of people thought. No, no it was like what he they was did involved. With, it was like what they did with Stan. Here's what I'm offering. If you come back to this, great. If not, I'm not up in my offer. For well, this. talking before we get into anything too much, uh, we do have a guest on today. He's a scout for the Atlanta Braves, and. Uh, we had him on because he he has scouted a few of the the top names in the Yankee farm system that with the trade deadline nearing we're hearing a lot of these names Clint Frazier, Justice Sheffield. We do talk a little bit about Chance Adams too cuz he did scout Chance Adams when he was younger uh before he was drafted. So we do have Sean on uh Sean Rooney of the Braves and he kind of talks a little bit about that too where um you know what's what's going on how much of this is speculation how much is it you know the media just throwing things out there and and seeing if it sticks so uh we have him on this week as the trade deadline nears as well so be tuned uh tuned in for that and i think we should open the show with this even though uh it's not in chronological order we should talk about friday's game with the mets first but since we just read this before we came on the air, let's open the discussion with this. Our favorite topic uh, on this show is Sonny Gray, right? Mm-hmm. So Sonny pitched well yesterday. I wouldn't say pitched great. I wouldn't say good. well. He, did. He, he, he kept the team in the game. He did more than you expect out of him at Five point. and a third, uh, three earned runs. No, only, he only got charged with two earned runs. He gave three runs, but only two were earned. I don't know. Oh, because, because of the, the Robertson error. throwing error. Yeah, but still, so, that's his runner. He he walked uh, three runs allowed, two earned runs. Uh, so it's his second consecutive. We'll just use a vague term: good start, backing up his six scoreless innings against Baltimore. Yes. So he's, you know, I know that type of stat line is not going to excite you. Five and a third, three runs, but. It's Sonny Gray. He didn't blow up the game in the second inning. He left with a lead. That's all I ask of him at this point. So now, as we were, you know, checking Twitter for any breaking news, because the Yankees do have an open roster spot, seeing if how that might have been filled or any trade speculation going down. Uh, There's a report coming out of Boston from the Boston Globe here uh, that there seems to be the impression around the league that the Yankees are shopping Sonny Gray to smaller market teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something I said on this show for weeks. And I ripped you for. Yeah. So say so you're sorry. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Before we came on air, before we read this news. Because now he flip-flopped. He doesn't no, I didn't he... flip-flop. I said that the Yankees should really try and hold back Sonny Gray at this point because he does have these two good starts. They're fresh in people's minds. There's not a lot of... Uh, availability out there maybe a smaller market team would take a chance on him um at this point but now if he goes up against kansas city and you know he gets shelled in the first two innings then maybe this idea of possibly getting something back for him becomes unrealistic again i don't think honestly him getting shelled by kansas city would change anybody's opinion 
of him that would be trying to trade for him because they already know what he is as a Yankee. Okay, that's fair. Um, so the report goes on to say that there are teams sending scouts to watch Gray. Um, so obviously, I guess the scouts would have been in attendance yesterday to watch him pitch against the Mets. Uh, and then the writer Cafardo, I want Nick Cafardo. I want to be able to say his name correctly. Uh, he says, "Are the Yankees trying to move Gray?" And he goes on to say, "That's the impression teams are getting right now that the Yankees are trying to move him." Um, the feeling seems, this is a quote from Cafardo here, the feeling seems to be that Gray belongs in a smaller market and the Yankees could turn around and get prospects and then flip them for a frontline starter. So this, it initially started that the Yankees were, from on this show, that the Yankees were going to just get something of use for him. But this guy from Boston here, Nick Cafardo, is going on to say that Yankees could actually get decent enough prospects back for Gray that they could turn around and flip them for a better. Well, you know what pitcher. I'm thinking too. Whatever prospects they get are more like sweeteners to to up the the quantity of what you're gonna give up for a frontline starter. Where you can throw in Frazier and maybe someone else, and then throw in these three, four, you know, lower level prospects. Whatever you're gonna get. And, you know, give a team a little bit more depth. When you talk about Yankee prospects, I mean, it's tough to give a team depth because no matter who you're really talking about, you're giving up a lot, right? I mean, we don't really have many throwaway guys right now that teams are going to even be interested in. Here's what the interesting part of this report is to me, and I've been a proponent of this for weeks on this show, that the Yankees could trade Sonny Gray for something of use to them. You disagreed with me. Ryan's been on my side about it. Thank you. Uh, the Yankees can't trade Gray without a backup plan in place, meaning they have another right. deal they, in place right. because right now they need Sonny Gray to take the ball every fifth day. I'm just, I'm just looking here. Like, what team would actually make sense that has decent prospects that they're not, you know, that they're going to be willing to give up and. And add Sonny Gray to kind of, you know what? Could he go back to Oakland? I'm thinking maybe Milwaukee. Milwaukee could a good be a good spot for them. They're contending right now. I know Kansas City's in in the dumps. What but about Pittsburgh? I don't know. I just don't see a team. I going don't know, out Brian. You know what? This I, is I, like I feeling Sonny that... Gray isn't a deal for a team that's like close. I don't know. And I like think... is going to put them over the edge. I think it's more of a long long-term type thing where they feel slotting him into into their rotation is going to be, you know, is going to stabilize their rotation. Yeah. You know where I would like to, I, I think it would be really good for him, and he had one of his best starts in a the season there, is Kansas City. Kansas City? Yeah, maybe. maybe did he, did he give Francisco? up? He went one, gave up one over eight, or scoreless over eight, and that's outing in yeah, Kansas he was, City? that was his was best really outing, I think. Kansas that and Toronto were his two best starts in the I don't the even year. think he got the... W- the winning Kansas City. No, he did the Yankees, did but yeah, the Yankees blew that game open. Uh, hey, look, if but Cash- do you see a team that's not in playoff contention trading for Sonny Gray? Like you that's what I'm because saying. Because of his two years of control. Because of his two years of control. But then it, you would think it would be a team that's at least on the borderline. That's of why I think Oakland actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but would you want to trade him against uh, to to an American hey, League team? He was success. L- listen. He think went about, eight innings against Kansas City, allowed uh, four hits. 
one earned run. Think about it from from Billy Bean's perspective at this point. You gave up Sonny Gray and got back three. It was three prospects. Now it was Fowler, uh, Mateo, and Mateo uh, Caprillion. and Caprillion. Right? If you can then go out and get back Sonny Gray and give up lower level guys and kind of pull a Brian Cashman where you give up a guy and then get him back. Uh, Maybe it makes sense for them. See, that's where when you talk about Brian Cashman's ego, that's where I think it would come into play that he's not going to trade him back to the team he got him from for less than what he gave him. But I think that's going to be speculated no matter what, which is no, but why... I, I, no, I, I I think that they will get lesser prospects back than what they gave up no, for him. But, but I also think that he would do that with a different team. I think that that is where his ego would come in and say, listen, I can't give this guy back to Oakland for less than what I got for him yeah. or gave up for him. I'm just saying, I, in my opinion, I mean... You can't think of a team that makes more sense. The The guy was successful in Oakland. What about Seattle? Seattle's got a pitcher's ballpark. Actually, that's a great that's a great call, too. I mean, Seattle could definitely benefit from throwing a guy like Sonny And you know Sonny knows the AL West well. He's got a couple of patsies in that division. I mean, yeah, Oakland's good. You know, the, the Astros are... Two, one or one A best team in Major League Baseball, but still you got the Angels, the uh, Texas. These are teams that yeah. he can pitch well against. Yeah, I mean any of those teams make sense. I don't see him going to the National League. I just don't. I don't think I don't think Sonny Gray makes sense um, for a National League team where then some of his focus is also going to be. On hitting and running, the I would love to convince Cincinnati to just give me Matt Harvey for him. No, I'm looking at the uh, MLB team stats for pitching. I could see Colorado being a team that could. That's maybe a try pitcher's getting. ballpark, though. That's a disaster. Oh, that, oh my God, he'll give him. up 20 home runs a game. Yeah, but they're ranked 25th in pitching. They could use a little help. So I mean, look, if if Cash can go out there and actually turn him into prospects that would then enable him to get a frontline starting pitcher that would be great but i mean who are we talking about i mean we keep saying this frontline starting pitcher and yeah i know more i know some will surface over the next week but who who's it gonna be the the mets are adamant on the fact that it's not going to be jacob Degrom. i still am calling their bluff on it um i think that it makes absolutely zero sense to keep jacob Degrom. On that team, but who else? I mean, honestly, who else is going to be available for Cashman to go and get and to blow our minds? Because that's the only deal he's going to make. I'm telling you right now. I still disagree with you on that. They need to bring in somebody, even at the back end of this rotation, that can go out there and give them innings because they're not getting innings out of the back end of this rotation. Even if they brought, dude, I don't want to see J.A. Happ in a Yankees uniform. But if that's their only move, they have to make it. They need to bring somebody in here. They can't continue okay, to throw out. But can you agree that if that's the type of move they make, Justice Sheffield is also coming up yeah. in this rotation? I think he'll be up here. I honestly think he might be up here after the All Star break. I mean, you mean after, after the, the deadline. deadline? Yeah, that's what we said. You know, last show. That Cashman's kind of protecting him right now until that deadline, you know, either passes or comes a little closer. I was watching uh, Pat to the Pinstripes yesterday. Mm-hmm. One, I, don't, I think I might be a couple episodes behind, but they were 
Justice Sheffield seems to be like the big focus of the season uh, of this season of Path to the Pinstripes. Yeah. And he even said it himself in the episode. He goes, what I got to work on is my fastball command. He even said it in the show yesterday. So is that that seems to be what's holding him back right now. His his walks per nine is still around four. That's a lot. It's high. He pitched well yesterday. I think he five and a thirty might have given up what two runs yeah. maybe. But again, again, we're we're in a season right now where this team is twenty nine games over five hundred, and it's not much of a risk to bring him up and to see because it's not like you're replacing him with someone who has been you know. A, an above average pitcher right now we're 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 kind of at our at the end here where we need to find a solution and to me it's worth bringing him up whether his fastball command is where they want it to be or not and putting him into this rotation all right uh i just don't know that every pitcher responds to failure as well as luis severino has well that's something else too. That like, so if he comes up here and he gets shellacked, you send him back down. Is he going to come back in 2019 and still be a, you know, a valuable piece for you? Because, you know, not everybody handles failure. Like Severino, he came up in 2015. He pitched well. Then they, you know, and then 2016 he got rocked. And then last year he he started becoming one of the best pitchers in the league. Can can every pitcher do that for you? Probably not. But here's. Here's something that I always think about in my head, right? And I guess you can you can say that it all depends on you know the talk around the player and you know what's expected of him. Why are the Yankees so reluctant to bring up Sheffield? But then a guy like Loizaga who is in Double A, who has clearly has a lot of potential, they're fine calling him up. Right, because he's not as highly talented. Yeah, okay, there's so less that's, riding on a guy okay. like Loisiga than, than if Loisiga come, Loisiga, whatever the hell you want. Johnny Lasagna comes up here and he shits the bed. It was a guy you took a flyer on, right? And so no harm, no foul. You saw what he had; he didn't have it. You know, let him toil in the minor leagues, release him, whatever you got to do. You know, you trade it. Justice Sheffield was a sticking point in in trading Andrew Miller. This is a guy that you want to come up here. And be your number two behind Luis Severino. So if he comes up here and he shows he's not ready, that's a major setback for you. Yeah, and another thing I'm thinking of is, does Cashman feel a little pressure right now? I mean, everything has worked out since trading, you know, Chapman and Andrew Miller back in 2016. Everything has worked out. But... The return we got from Andrew Miller, we really haven't seen on a consistent level in Frazier, and we haven't seen Sheffield at all. Is Cashman feeling a little pressure that, you know, what did we get back in return at this point? If is it just trade pieces? No, I mean, I is that what we're talking any about? Pressure about it? I think he's just he wants Sheffield to come up here when they're he's ready to come up here and be a stabilizing force in his rotation, and Quinn Frazier. I think it's odd what they've done with him this year, up and down, up and down, up and down. And now he's got another concussion. So, I mean, is he even tradable at this point? I think he's still tradable, but I said it on Twitter the other day. It's And it's not even that he's – I mean, here's what I – I think Cashman could still pull something off. 
But if you're another GM, you're questioning the reliability of Clint Frazier. You're not, you're not questioning his talent. You're questioning his reliability. And is this a guy who this is going to be, be a recurring theme for the rest of his career? And you've heard things about Frazier when we got him. Max out talent. He could be a Mike Trout type. Now you're hearing because he's not a center fielder anymore. They transitioned him into a corner guy. Oh, he's a 280, 270 hitter with uh, 25 home run potential. That's average. That's for, average. That's average for a corner outfielder. Yeah. So he's not special. He's not special anymore. Ah, I disagree with that. 25 home runs, bad 270 I, as a corner outfielder is dis- not. I disagree with that talk. I really think with consistent playing time at the major league level that this guy is a 300 hitter. Yeah, but that's that's the narrative around him now yeah i understand that and i and i think that's part of the problem that teams are no longer satisfied with a deal starting at clint frazier and and every team wants the world because they can ask for it the problem is that they're not taking no for an answer well if you believe published reports cashman is trying to push clint frazier in every deal that he's trying to make right now and teams want the yankee starting pitching they want sheffield they want domingo acevedo they want albert abreu and cashman is trying to push frazier on them right and they're they're not biting on it no why because you know if you're going to trade a frontline starter do you want an average major league corner outfielder back no because like i said that's that's the book on him right now. That's what people are. He's not projected as Mike Trout anymore. He's an average corner outfielder who can't stay healthy right now, and that's a problem. And like you said, teams are asking for the world. Another target of the Yankees, Brad Hand, who would have made tons of sense for his team, and somebody I would have maybe been open to overpaying for because he's got two years of control after this year at a very team-friendly contract. I think he's only making like seven or eight million dollars a year. I think it's seven. They wanted Andujar, right? They wanted Andujar and Sheffield for the report I saw is they were asking for Andujar and Sheffield for him and Tyson Ross. Tyson Ross has what a twelve ERA in his, in his last, last three starts. Yeah. So that's that's that is too much for me. Like I would say, yeah, Frazier, and I'll give you. But then these GMs are going out and trading these guys for for less than what they're asking that, for the Yankees. I'll tell you what that deal that uh, San Diego got that was they they ripped themselves off. Francisco Mejia he's projected to be a very good starting catcher. But they also gave up another reliever who's a rookie this year, pitching to a 3-1-7 year rate. So not only did they trade hand, they traded another valuable young reliever for one prospect back. I I just don't Some, get it. But but that's my but point. We have to right? give up but we have to San give up. Diego has pretty bad uh <laughs> They're like they, the they Mets. picked up that Headley contract but we have to give up sheffield and anduhar to get brad hand see that's what this is what that's where the problem lies this is what i don't this is what i want to say we're going to jump into the interview in a few minutes i just want to get this this out right now because we're on the topic of it every day on twitter people are complaining and complaining why doesn't cashman do this why doesn't cashman do that what do you want him to do right now? He cannot force other teams to trade with him. If this is not MLB the show where you can turn on forced trades <laughs> and say, oh, I want Jacob DeGrom and here's uh, Jason Shreve back. You can't do that. The problem is there's two sides 
to this. There's the people who say you can't be prospect huggers. I hate that term. I hate that term so much. Right? There's those people. And then there's people saying, well, we got to give them away at some point. We got to get. Guess what, people? There's a happy medium there. And it's called not being a prospect hugger. But also, you're only going to give these guys up for for the right guy. So, And the right guy just isn't out there. I think we're seeing the negative aspect of having so many great prospects is that teams are going to make sure that you give up those good prospects when you have them in both like the Yankees it, have. And yeah. if you don't want to give them up, then we're, we're not going to trade We're seeing you. it at a tough time because there's not top there's not enough top tier talent available mm-hmm. and so you know like i said if the mets came out and let's just hypothetically say the mets wouldn't have a problem tra- trading with the yankees right and they came out and said jacob degrom is available yeah. that is a guy now that is available and that's someone who you're going to actually listen to when they want to take sheffield and frazier right. and all these other guys that's a, that's a that's a GM you're going to actually listen to and not hang up the phone. But there's just no one out there. The Mets are a trash organization. And, and as much Agreed. as much as Sheffield, as much as Brad Hand would would you know help this team, he's not worth Sheffield and Andujar nah. and Frazier. He's just not. He's I would not. trade Clint Frazier for, for with Brad all Hand. of those yeah. guys, though. I'm saying no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're if you're yeah, taking Clint Frazier, you're not taking another top prospect for me for Brad Hand. You can take a guy who's highly touted, maybe lower in my le- lower in my system, but you're not taking like Frazier and uh, Florial for him. No, you can go screw. You're taking Frazier and maybe a, a few lower level prospects, and we'll take Brad Hand. But you're not getting the world for Brad Hand. I don't care how much control he has. And that's what I'm saying. When you see the returns that some of these teams have given up, the Garrett Cole trade, the Manny Machado trade. The Brad Hand trade, and then you hear the names reported that the Yankees would have had to give up to get those same players. Why would Brian Cashman do that? Right. It doesn't make sense. Just because they're the Yankees doesn't mean that, yeah, you can ask the Yankees for more, but just because they're the Yankees, the Yankees shouldn't be like, oh, well, we have to pay a Yankee tax. No, everybody should be on the same playing field. My prospects are worth what they're worth, and I'm not giving you extra because I'm the Yankees. Right. And And, and don't expect Cashman to get desperate. I mean... Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him to make a big move, but he can't get desperate here. I can't look. I I want the Yan- the Yankees need to make a move. Whether it's even if it's Cole Hamels, Jay Happ, they have to make a move here. They need to stabilize this rotation somehow. Yes, and those guys, as much as they're not going to really make a big difference in the long run, they will stabilize the back end of this rotation. I agree. But should the Yankees trade Clint Frazier for Jay Happ? Should they trade Estevan Florial to get? Uh, Cole Hamels here. Should they have to give up Miguel Andujar, Justice Sheffield, or any of those guys? No. No, they shouldn't. And if that's what they're asking for, then the Yankees shouldn't do anything. Absolutely not. I would much rather Brian Cashman sit on his hand and say, okay, I'm not doing a damn thing because these prices are too astronomical than to give away players that aren't, if the return's not worth it on I him. agree. I agree 100%. And I'd be fine with that. But there's people out there that will just they'll accuse him of oh he's a prospect hugger. Well, you know what? The Yankees could have traded Gary Sheff Gary Sheffield, Gary <laughs> Sanchez, uh, Luis Severino, and Aaron Judge for basically a year of Jason Hayward and uh, Andrelton Simmons. 
Did you mind that he hugged his prospects back then? Absolutely. Because the not. Yankees would be struggling to win eighty games right now if they didn't make that. If they made that trade, I agree. So just trust the guy that he knows what he's doing out here. Absolutely. All right. So since we're talking so much about prospects, let's jump into the interview here with Sean Rooney, scout of the Atlanta Braves. He's also been with the Kansas City Royals. He left. And- he actually he left the Royals to go to Oakland uh, the year before. They won the World Series, so he missed out on a on a ring there. Well, he got a ring there. Huh? <laughs> he was with Oakland for a year, and he's been with the Braves, I believe, for three, four years now. So, so he he's got some knowledge. And, of these and guys. hey, guess what? Kansas City had the best farm system after he left, and 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 the Braves have the best farm system right now, right above the Yankees. So, uh, he's you know he knows what he's talking about here. We wanted to get his, we wanted to pick his brain with some of the prospects the Yankees have there that we really haven't seen a lot of and and kind of give you a different perspective all right so here's our interview with sean rooney scout for the atlanta braves enjoy all right we're on with sean rooney here of the atlanta braves scout for the atlanta braves sean how you doing today hey guys how's it going so we want to start our our biggest objective here is to kind of take a look at some of the guys in the yankee farm system a lot of guys as we near the trade deadline that are being talked about. I think first and foremost, it uh, seems to be the name thrown out there on every single trade rumor, Clint Frazier. Um, we want to know from a scout's perspective, you know, what kind of a talent we have here before this guy was drafted. What teams, what do teams expect of him on the major league level? Uh, well, when Clint was coming out of high school, he was a, a five-tool player, middle-of-the-field guy. Uh, he's athletic, he could throw, he could run, he had power, he had bat speed. Uh, so I was a first-round pick. Um, I know his value speaks for itself when he was involved in the uh, Andrew Miller trade. Uh, to be able to acquire that kind of talent, uh, you know, he's he's done pretty well so far. And I think where his ceiling is to the point, I think they're looking possibly getting back. Hopefully somebody has an everyday major league corner outfielder. He's kind of migrated to a corner. Uh where his tools play for for what he can do. I mean, our our biggest thing here is that, yeah, you're hearing all these different deals, these possible deals that can happen. People kind of forget, just because we're overloaded in the outfield right now, people forget we gave up Andrew Miller for this guy, and we better get something back in return. Do you think Clint Frazier could possibly headline, say, a, a deal for an elite starting pitcher? Is he a guy who has enough... Um, enough talk behind him, behind his talent, that he could headline a big deal, or, or would you have to throw in another another guy like Florial or Sheffield? Uh, that would depend on who you're who you're talking about. Again, like I don't know what the market value is for him. That that's dictated way above my head. But he's a solid player. He's kind of probably been squeezed out a little bit by the emergence of Hicks, uh, the acquisition of Stanton, and obviously Judge was there. Uh, from last year, and I think he's battled some injuries this year. So that I want to say he went on the DL again out in Triple A. I think, yeah, I game. think Scranton had him on the seven day, and then they just put him on uh, the ten day with the Yankees. So to answer your question, anything's possible. I mean, he's still a talent. Uh, I don't think sometimes the public it's very hard to understand how hard it is to acquire and develop an everyday major league player i mean these guys are it's it's a very hard game and when they have the tools like he does it's very valuable 
All right, Chris and Christian here of NYY Sports Talk. We're talking to Sean Rooney, a scout for the Atlanta Braves. Sean, the big talk around the Yankees right now is that they need starting pitching. And uh, a guy, the name we've been hearing of a lot over the past couple years is Chance Adams. He was supposed to be their top pitching prospect. Uh, he struggled this year. He's had an up-and-down season. We know he had some uh, bone chips removed out of his elbow, so maybe uh, in the offseason, so maybe it could be part of that coming back from that. Um, does he still have what it takes to become a successful pitcher in Major League Baseball, or and uh, could you see him being still valuable in a trade if the Yankees should want to move him? Yeah, you got to remember, too, going back to when they drafted him, uh, he was a reliever at Dallas Baptist University. So this was a guy that they thought enough of, whether it was an arm action delivery, the four pitches he had, that they could make him a starter. So this might be, his, I'd have to look back at his draft, your third full year of starting. So your workload changes, your, your amount of innings change. Um, then you go through the offseason of having bone spurs removed. Uh, yeah, this guy's still, I mean, you got to remember, he's in AAA, and he's been a, th- a three-year starter or so when he's primarily a reliever coming out of college. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. It usually winds up going the other way. We see him as amateurs where they go from starter to reliever because they, whether they can't maintain their stuff, right. their command's not there, um, the delivery doesn't warrant it, and they wind up in the bulk, and this guy's done the opposite. So, you know, he might may have struggled a little bit this year, but every level's an adjustment. Some guys handle it a lot quicker than others. Uh, I do got to believe the... The log of the innings, the development time, the bone spurts all kind of had something to do with it. But I still think this guy has a very bright future from you know, from what I had seen previously. If he does make it to the major leagues, what kind of a starter do you think he is? A number three guy, number four guy, or can he can he, you know, be a top of the rotation? That's tough to say, Chris. You know, it's it's you know, if you any time, and like I said, I I revolve more around draft and where how they progress and see how they wind up. It uh, if you can get a major league starter, no matter what he is, I think it's a pretty damn pretty good return and a, a pretty good job of development wise. Uh, what's the ceiling? I don't know at this point. I mean, you're just trying to get him out there and have him have success and uh, develop his secondary pitches and just get on a really good roll. And, and there's still another level of development that comes into play. Just because they get there doesn't mean that they're going to automatically be what they are. So that there's still an unknown. There's guys who get called up and they're automatically not number two starters. Well, they take some time to develop. Well, we got a we got a guy sitting down in AAA now that everyone's expecting to at least be a number two starter when he's ready to come up, and that's Justice Sheffield. Being that the market doesn't seem to be that big right now for an elite starting pitcher, uh, I know Yankee fans are at the edge of their seat waiting for this guy to come up. Um, do you see any possibility that this guy's dealt for anything less than an elite starting pitcher? Or do you feel that Justice Sheffield could be that missing piece that the Yankees need this year to, to take it home? I don't know if he's their missing piece this year. He may be able to provide them with some help, but as I just said about Adams, there's still development time when they get to the major leagues. They're not automatically going to be what they're projected to be just because you bring them up and they make it. But starting pitching in baseball is extremely valuable. So if they think he has the ceiling and is on the path 
to become what he can be, his values through the roof, and that's what it would cost for somebody else to acquire him. Uh, could he help this year? Yeah, he could help. Uh, will he be who they project him to be? That's tough to say, especially when we're at this point in the season already. But he's a very, very good player. Uh, he always has been. He was out of high school. Again, he was also a very high pick. Uh, but he's a really, really good player. Did he always have control issues? Because that seems to be what we're, we're hearing is the holdup, is that they feel like he doesn't really have his command uh, where they want him to. Um, I thought he was a pretty sufficient strike thrower as a young player. Um, again, I hadn't seen him at the level he's at right now. But he's always had three pitches, and he's a pretty good, solid pitcher. All right, Sean. So since you work with the Braves, we want to ask you a little bit about them. We saw them in here. They were uh, at Yankee Stadium at the beginning of the month. They got an exciting young team. Uh, they remind you a lot of the Yankees last year, of the, all that young talent coming up and making an unexpected run maybe a year before they were ready. Uh, is there more talent waiting in the Braves minor league system? And do they actually can they actually make a deep run into the postseason this year with what they have? Yeah, our, you know, our guys have played really, they, they've done a great job this year. They've played really hard. Uh, they've had some good young players come up, and they've had some really solid veterans uh, lead, like Mark Hakus and Freddie Freeman. Um, they played really hard. They played really well. I, I think we're in the mix of the division at this point. Um, I think we're tied in the loss column. Uh, maybe a half game out. Uh, so, yeah, you're in the middle of July. You're, you're in the middle of this. Um, as far as the minor league system it, it's, a, it's a pretty good system we've taken care of over the last four years uh, we've infused a lot of talent um, it's a lot of pitching and it's it's something I think that the future is very bright and there's a lot of players that are on the on the common in the system last question Sean and then we'll let you go I just kind of want to get a feel for for what the talk is around Atlanta right now um, last year the Yankees came pretty close. They did make a big deal to getting guys like Robertson and Canley uh, and Todd Frazier. Do you see the Braves sacrificing any pieces right now to to strengthen this team and, and to take them deeper into October? Well, I, I can't speak on what Alex and Top was the general ma- our general manager would do, um, but I do think he, you know, looking at it, when you're in the mix and you have a chance to win, he'll I'll evaluate our system and make a very educated decision. But I also think we have something set up for the long haul that's pretty good, too, and you may not want to sacrifice you know, certain pieces. But where that goes, that's still left to be decided. There's still some time left, and how things can change every every minute, every day. All right, we're back here on episode 60 of the NYYST podcast. I just want to clarify something here. I got a little confused because I was on vacation last week. We hadn't done a pod in, in over a week. This is actually same day. We're recording Sunday afternoon, and we're popping this boy, this bad boy out before the Yankees finale with the Mets. So you'll be able to listen to the pod uh, before tonight's game against the uh, New York Mets. Speaking of popping boys out, two Yankees actually announced Whoa. that they're having uh, <laughs> uh, a baby boy. Yeah, I alley. did not know where that was headed. <laughs> Yeah, who is it? Hixie and Hixie uh, and Herman. Poor Herman, man. Guy got demoted, and then he had to do his gender reveal the next day. <laughs> but was... you know, I think the Yankees made the right call. I, I don't, 
So I just ignore anything I said up. about the timeline earlier. They're not giving up on Domingo Herman, um, but he's clearly a guy who needs more work. And you know what? Yeah, you can look at his ERA and say he didn't pitch well for this team, but for the role he had to provide, he did throw in a few great games for us and gave us a few wins. I could see him being a good bullpen guy down the down the road. He, he needs to control. He's another guy. He's got to control his fastball better. And the reason why you saw him up instead of Justice Sheffield with the same issues is because, again, he's not as highly touted as Sheffield and the Yankees. Flyer guy. Huh? He was a flyer guy, right? They traded Ovaldi for her mom? Uh, yeah, no, um, no, they got him back. And he, they got him and Evaldi back for Prado and Phelps. Oh. Yeah, he was he was the wow. guy that Cashman called the lottery ticket. Right, right. So he wasn't as highly touted. So if he bombed up here, it didn't set them back as much as it would. If they... And the, I don't want to get too much into Domingo Herman right now. But here's the reason why the Yankees aren't on that same level as you where he could possibly be a good bullpen guy. What's What's his biggest struggle been? first inning the first inning right you can't rely on a guy out of the bullpen who who struggles when he first comes out what kind of situations yeah. are you going to put him in right now he has a lot to work on in AAA. he has a lot to prove for this team um and if they're going to include him in a trade package which is possible i do think he still has value i think teams see that no, he, he's got really he good does stuff. have yeah, a lot of potential. He has a lot of room And I think at this point the Yankees threw him out there for one more game and they knew that if if that he wasn't successful, they were sending him back down and that's exactly what hey, happened. He had a big appearance for us when Montgomery went down in the first inning against he Houston. Saved he saved that came game in against Houston, yeah. Against Seattle he pitched great. He Shut had him down. He had a couple other good games so. in there where yeah, he was shaky to start, but he really buckled down and and allowed the team to win. So you know, he's a guy that that right now you you look at you have to really dissect each game he pitched. You can't look at the big picture with him um to really see his potential. So but who again, knows what's this is why we him. keep I keep bringing this up that whether even if it's a mid level guy like Happer Hamels that the Yankees need to do something. Yeah, they need some stability. Because right you're we got to a point over the weekend that Luis Sessa was a better option than what you had at the back end of the rotation. Luis yeah. Sessa. Yeah. So Sessa, but you know what? Let's Sessa's going to make... Let's not say his name like that right now because I'm I'm someone who, you know, I look at your last start and Luis Sessa looked like a completely different pitcher last time he pitched. Yeah, the and then Yankees. he went down and he had, he had a couple really good starts after he got sent down after the Baltimore game. So maybe he's... So maybe he's but found again, something that... He, yeah. But what is it? Do we know he it can last? He's another one of these giant question marks. Yeah, no, he's not stability. If that's what you're saying, I, I agree with you. Luis Sessa is not your stability, but he's someone who probably deserves a start now over. No, Domingo he absolutely yeah. definitely. He absolutely so, deserves a start over Domingo Herman, and that's why you saw the move being made. He's not a he's not a long term solution here. So Cashman does have to have to make some type of move. And just like you said, if they are shopping Sonny Gray, then now you're talking about two spots, and you really need to figure something out. So the only thing that I worry about with Sheffield is his innings, and you know they're going to monitor that down the stretch. They're going to do that with everyone. So is that something? Is it even worth it to bring him up here? Yes. 
if he can't finish the season? Yes. All right. Yes. 100%. Because you're, t- I mean, you're talking about guys that you're going to put into this rotation just to give stability. Then you're also saying in the same breath that these aren't guys you're getting here to take you through the postseason. Yeah, they could help. Right. But really, at this point, you're making a move so that you can sustain the success up here and to hopefully catch the Boston Red Sox. So if anything, Sheffield could do that for you. I think regardless of unless they bring in an ace, you're going to go into the postseason with Severino, Sabathia and Tanaka. I don't think anybody they bring up or make a trade right. for will crack that. Right. I agree. We don't have to talk about it, but you talk about s- stability. Jordan Montgomery would have been. We a, say it all big, the time. Big help this if year. He, he was never dominant, right? But you always knew what you were getting out of Jordan Montgomery. It was a big loss for this team. Yeah, it was. It really he was. He was going out there every five look, days. You're probably was... not desperate for starting pitching if Jordan Montgomery is no. still on no. this team right now. No, I mean you still you'd still probably be looking and searching to fill in, you know, a hole right. there. But I mean Jordan Montgomery gave you consistency, and that's really what you loved about the guy. And that's what this team's missing right now. Yeah, yeah, because a guy who could eat up some innings. outside of Severino, and you know we talked about this last episode. CeCe's been phenomenal this year, but you know he's still a guy that you're waiting for one pitch where that knee goes. And you don't know what you're going to do if that happens, right? So this team needs some stability. All right, so as we said, the pod's going to drop before the finale of the Met game uh, tonight. Uh, Right now, the series is tied 1-1. Yanks dropped the opener coming out of the break 7-5. I was just driving. I just got home uh, middle of the game. I think Stan had a sack fly. Stanton had a sack fly. Right when I got home, and I didn't realize they had like what eight hits at that point and one Nine, run. I believe, right around there. I didn't even realize. Like that was the shocking thing to me is that they had opportunities in that game. They couldn't come through with the big hit. I know a lot of people want to get on the offense, the runners in scoring position, but you know it's a shot to the gut when you're down three, four, nothing. When before you even get a chance yeah. to take hacks, yeah. And, and you know, and as you can't the, you can't have fourteen hits and not win that game. No, they still should have won that game, but that goes to the bigger picture. Why Herman's not here? You can't consistently be down three, four runs before your team gets a chance to swing the bat. Right, and look at who you're facing up against. I mean, I know the guy's been hurt, but Noah Syndergaard is a top tier pitcher. You can't expect your team. To go out there and come back from a four nothing deficit when he's on the mound. I know Domingo Herman's the not uh he's not the goat, he was the goat of the game. But people wanna hang that loss on Gary Sanchez. I know you wanted to touch on Gary, so I think this is the time to bring him up. I just alright. My whole objective... Gary came up in a few instances with runners on base where a hit could have swung the momentum of the game, possibly even given the Yankees a lead in certain instances. Uh, He didn't come through. And he looked bad doing it. The slider away continues to be kryptonite for him. He just just doesn't look good taking hacks at that pitch. If there's one thing all Yankee fans can agree on when it comes to Gary Sanchez, it's that... We know how great he can be. Everyone knows how great he can be. 
And that's fine. I mean, it's it's fine to debate, you know, whether he's not seeing the pitches correctly, whether he needs to work on his mechanics, whether he needs to get better defensively, so on and so forth. My biggest issue, and it's always been the issue when it comes to Gary Sanchez, is that he strikes out in that situation. And all of a sudden, you have thousands of fans coming out and saying it's because he's lazy. And then they see him hit a ground ball to third base, and he's jogging down to first base, and they say he's lazy. And my objective of bringing up Gary Sanchez right now is to realistically think about that statement. Are the Yankees allowing... Do do people really believe that the New York Yankees are allowing this guy to be lazy right now? Do Do you think that in between games he plays video games and eats potato chips with his feet up on the couch and sits there and just waits for... for Drinking big gulps of right. Mountain Dew. I mean, let's realistically think about this. He's a he's still a young guy catching for the New York Yankees. They are not allowing this guy to be lazy. If you're going to fight that, I, I just don't understand your your premise of it. He just came back from a groin injury. I'm sure he was given instructions to. The, n- I know Boone came out and he said he's a hundred percent, and then it, and then he's jogging down the first base on a ground ball. But a hundred percent, I think Boone, what he meant by that is like, yeah, he's ready to go. Like he's he can play. How's this? Hey Gary, listen, we think you're ready to go. We're gonna put you behind on plate, but we need you this season. We need you to stay healthy. If you're hitting a ball to 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 the infield and you're not going to beat it out take take your time yeah don't forget he he sustained that groin injury trying to beat out a double play yeah take your time and here's my fight to the laziness when they see watch gary sanchez when he's on first base and a ball's hitting the gap watch him run he's not lazy he runs hard he plays hard (laughs) don't tell me he's lazy the guy works behind the plate. You think the Yankees every single day aren't working with him with his skills behind the plate? There's only so much a player can focus on. Maybe he's taking too much focus and you're not seeing so much improvement defensively. Maybe he needs to stop that focus right now. Maybe he needs to go back to focusing on getting base hits and hitting the ball. Because Gary Sanchez, like it or not, is never going to be an elite defensive catcher. But he is an elite offensive catcher. And the fact that he's spending too much time defensively and you're not really seeing the return is hurting him offensively now. He's not seeing pitches well. He's swinging at a lot of balls. And that's hurting him. But the notion that he's lazy needs to stop. Because the Yankees are not going to tolerate him being lazy. I promise you. They are not going to allow it. And you can ask anyone close to this team how hard Gary Sanchez works to get better. How much he wants to be better. Get off the guy's back. Just like everyone wants Greg Bird gone. And look where he is now. Now he's starting to mash the ball. Gary Sanchez will get there. That was a big game from Bird yesterday. It really was against, what, two lefties? Two different lefties? No, I think he had both his hits off mats. Just off it's mats. Funny, you a just, good lefty, though. You just said how he wants to get better. Mm-hmm. 
I was just I remember he posted something on Instagram a while back on January sixth. It was a video of him catching, you know, behind the plate. He said, We may work silently, but we work hard, never settle, always want to get better. Right. He, he, and you think the he Yankees puts in the work. You think the Yankees would accept anything less from him? No. They'd ship his ass out. Let's just be realistic when it comes to Gary Sanchez Plus, right now. We have to remember how great he is in the month of August. Yeah. He turns into yeah, another he really level does. in the month of August. He's a guy that a hundred out of a hundred times, if you have him to put in your lineup, you're putting him in the lineup. I don't care if he's batting 180. I don't care if he's batting 150. You're putting him in your lineup. And he'll get better. And that's all I really want to say on it. I just think people need to stop giving the excuse that he's lazy and that's why he's not playing to his potential. I think he I don't think he's lazy. I just think that you know what? He A he's a catcher, so he's slow to begin with. And B, if the Yankees told him or even if he thought in his own mind to say, I'm not risking uh another injury on a routine ground ball at third base, I'm okay with that to be completely honest with you, because he's he needs to be healthy. He needs to be on this team and in the lineup every and day. And we've heard Boone enough at this point and seen him enough at this point to know that he's not the guy who's going to tolerate laziness. Absolutely not. Not when everyone else is working as hard as they are and performing the way they are. In his rookie year in August, he had 11, uh, 11 home runs. Last year, he had 10 home runs in August. Wow. So, so what's, he just, at, what's he at now? He's at 14. Yeah. I expect a hot streak out of Gary Sanchez. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to reach 30 this year based on where we're at in the season. but You never you know, know. He just looks lost, man. He does. Yeah, but how long did we say that about John Carl Stanton? Yeah. And now he, right. he came right. out of right. it. So and Greg Bird, and now he came out of it. Right. Oh, I, I just think I, agree. I think down the stretch here, Gary needs to put his focus primarily back on his hitting. Um, give up all the talks about him behind the plate and just really give us what you know you're great at right now because that's what we need you for. And you know what? All the Gary haters, and then he allows that pass ball after he struck out twice. Yeah. That was just a bad combination yep. for him on I Friday. I thought the same thing. But he'll get there. So the Mets a uh, little unorthodox the way they closed that game out on Friday. Oh boy! Uh, because only the Mets would tell their manager that they don't have the closer for two days without completing a trade. That's just the Mets. Right. And then I want we brought this. I know this is a Yankee podcast, but I want to talk about this because a they're playing the Mets and this is still New York. I could never imagine my and I thank. God that my grandmother had a thing for Mickey Mantle and that's how my dad became a Yankee fan and then passed that on to me because I could not imagine being a Met fan no. especially this day and age the way this organization is run and then they would expect you to go out and spend money and, and that's support not, this team that's not a knock on the Mets themselves that's not a knock on the Mets fans that is truly a genuine baseball fan right now taking off his Yankee cap and just dissecting that organization it is frustrating I want about. the Mets to be good. So do I. It I'm not baseball. saying I'm not. I I like when the Mets are good. I've said this a hundred times. I like watching baseball. I like when the Mets are good because I like watching good baseball. I can't watch the Mets now. Like if the Yankees aren't playing, I can't watch the Mets. They're terrible. They're awful, and you know there's no plan in place to make them better. 
Take the J. Ruiz Familia trade that just went down, okay? Oakland would have given up better prospects, guys that could help the Mets if the Mets would have eaten some of that salary. The Mets said no, so they got a, a guy who's going to at best be a middling reliever in the Major League Baseball who had a cup of coffee with the A's last year and a low-A third baseman who may or may not make it's it. Like- so you mean to tell me you can't pick up a few million dollars to have a guy that could at least impact your team in some way? It's honestly How could you be a fan of an organization like that? And then you're going to sit here and tell me they're going to make the right move and trade Jacob DeGrom or trade Noah Syndergaard to the Yankees? No, because they are so... They're petty and they're stupid. It's a terrible... They're petty, stupid, and cheap, and that is the worst combination you could be in an... Running a Major League Baseball franchise. It seems like the only moves that they're willing to make are either ones one that's cost effective or one that'll kind of screw over the Yankees in some way. <laughs> Ryan, they're only they're only. How can we save money and how can we screw over the Yankees? That's their only right, objective in making familiar. any move. Okay, that's their only objective in. I'm telling you, just let me I know, I agree. Is is cutting salary and you're playing in New York City? Okay, I'm not saying you have to spend 200 million dollars a year. The Yankees are. Uh, Yankees are a top four team in Major League Baseball, and their payroll is about 180 million dollars. The Mets can spend 150 and compete with those two pitchers. Look, pitch, look even Mats has a three three eight going That's into what yesterday. I'm saying. Let me say this. Come on. Here's here's the frustrating part with the Mets. Okay, if you're gonna make that move of Familia, and pretty much it turned into a salary dump, and you're gonna do that with some other guys, fine. But. You better go out in the offseason and sign Manny Machado. But they're not going to do that. And you better look to sign Bryce Harper and to to make big moves and spend the money that you're dumping. The problem with the Mets is that they're giving up these guys to, to dump the salary. And then the salary doesn't go anywhere. That money that they get back doesn't go anywhere. So if you, in your right mind think that the Mets are going to keep Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard and somehow become a good team in the next five years, you are absolutely out of your mind. They need to replenish their farm system. They have nothing down there. And if they don't want to if they don't want to spend the money to get big guys and sign big guys, then they have to trade Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard. So you mean you got a team that has Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard at the top of it. So you should automatic that should automatically give you about 60 wins right there. Right. And then you throw in Steven Matz in there, that should give you 75 wins. Roughly 70 75 wins with those three let's pitchers. Throw, right? Let's throw Wheeler in cuz he's having a good year. So with that rotation should guarantee you about 75 wins a year. So now if you put any competent offense around that you should be an 85 to 91 team absolutely right they have no competent offense no look at look at Yoannis Cespedes that was a complete and utter joke what happened Saturday okay this guy comes this, first of all he dictated to the Mets when he was coming off the disabled list mm-hmm. could you imagine Aaron Judge going on the DL and then telling the Yankees when he was going to come back <laughs> or all right so not Judge maybe Stanton could you imagine because he uh, similar guy, you know, higher yeah, paid yeah. guy. Could you imagine Stanton going down with injury and then telling the Yankees when he was coming back? Absolutely. It not. would never happen. Then never. coming never. back and being too sore to play the no. next day. Well, and then, and not even that. And then he athlete. drops this nugget post game that he needs surgery that's going to keep him out 10 months. And then their, their manager had no goddamn idea what the media was talking about in the pregame press conference. 
If that was the Yankees, do you think that Aaron Boone would actually go into that press conference not knowing that Aaron Judge just dropped a nugget, say, I need surgery, I'm going to be out 10 months? And guess who didn't play yesterday? Ioannis Cespedes. Could and you imagine that same exact scenario? Big, huge moments that if... Your best player post-game, and then 12 hours have elapsed, and nobody, and even if Mickey Callaway went to dinner, shut his brain off, went home, you don't think that somebody, Jason Zillow, who's the PR director for the Yankees, would, would catch Boone in a hallway before he went out there and say, Boone, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, last night, Judge said that he's going to need surgery to keep him out 10 months. So just to keep you up to date on something that somebody might ask right. you. and That just, just shows the total in- ineptness of the of the Mets organization. Top to bottom. And to to further your point, right? And then everybody, I'm sorry, and then everybody wants to all Yankee fans want to talk shit about Aaron Boone. Look across the look across the field tonight and think about how bad it could truly be. Mickey Callaway couldn't even be bothered to move his stupid ass out of the dugout and defend his hitting coach who got thrown out of the game yesterday. Yeah, that's frustrating. But at least have your your players and your coaches right. back. Right. Come on. His head's up his ass. He, he's in La La Land. I'm but sorry. I don't want to sit here and rip the Mets. No, but, but it has to be done. He's but gone. To further your point, Rye, with Cespedes not pinch hitting in a couple big spots yesterday was extremely telling to me. Because if he was if he was okay to play, you're telling me you're not going to pinch hit him in a couple of those spots late in the game in the ninth inning? I mean, so you're look. so what you're telling me is either a, they're done with him, they're fed up. They're, with, they with can't his be because he's still got two years and like eighty million dollars oh left my. on his deal. Or he's just <laughs> oh truly that he's that he's that hurt again that he's not even going to be in the lineup tonight. So if he's that hurt, get the surgery, eight months, ten months, do it can, now. He can yeah, play do it, it now. right. He'll now. be ready for the beginning of the next season. That's a problem with the Mets. Just like they didn't want to put him on the DL right away when he first got hurt. Every single Met fan called the fan up and said, I don't know why they're just not putting him on the DL because he's going to go out there for one more game and then have to come out and go on the DL, and that's exactly what happened. Pretty sure that happened last year, too, with him. Yep. And then I know it's pie in the sky, and every Yankee fan thinks that somewhere along the way, the Mets will wake up and say, you know what? We have to do what's best for our organization and trade either DeGrom or Syndergaard for the Yankees because we can rebuild our team in one move. But they're not going to do it. They're too stupid and petty. I'm sorry. I hate to put it in that those terms, but that's exactly what it is. Any other organization, except the Red Sox not included, because obviously you cannot make that trade with the Yankees and Red Sox. Because that's direct competition. Right. But any other team, they're listening to offers from the New York Yankees. And Brian Cashman will probably get to a point where they'll say, I have to do this. But the Mets won't do it. They wouldn't trade Jay Bruce to the Yankees last year because the deal on the table would have been during the Subway Series last year, and ownership didn't want to see Jay Bruce get a big hit against the Mets I said during this, the Subway Series. Are you kidding me? I said this 10 Are times in the last me? week. The Yankees have never been more loaded, and the Mets have never been more desperate. A deal. This deal should be a slam dunk of happening, but the Mets' ownership will not allow it to happen. I mean... And I've talked to some. I'm going to give you three or four prospects that can st- actually step in and play for you this right now, season. Right now, 
They can and help completely your team. rebuild your team and make you into a relevant team next season, and you won't do it because Jacob Degrom might hold up a trophy for the Yankees. Right? Come on. I've talked to a few of my close friends who are diehard Met fans, and they want Jacob Degrom traded. They want to see it happen because they're sick of this. They're sick of it. Because they know the Mets aren't going to go out there in the offseason and sign big players. And then if your point is to be like, well, we got DeGrom and Syndergaard. We can win a World Series with the, with those two. You can. But then you better you better pony up that money and get Bryce right. Harper and Manny, Manny Machado. Machado. Yep. At least one of those two guys better be a Met next year if you don't trade DeGrom or Syndergaard. And I can promise you. They won't even be in the talks. No, it'll be Mike Moustakas and Adam Jones or something. I was thinking about that last night. Adam Jones. They're going to continue this route. Will be a Met next year. No, because, not doubt in my mind. Adam Jones is going to be on the Because you want to know why year. he'll come cheaper than Bryce Harper? Absolutely. Will be. Absolutely. And he's the guy on the decline. But, Absolutely. But he's a he's a he's a C level player right now. That used to be an A level player. The Mets save money. And they try and catch You're lightning like, hey, in a bottle. We signed Adam Jones. Yeah, they try an and catch. They try and catch lightning like in a bottle. 2011. <laughs> they don't. They save the money. They try and catch lightning in a bottle with every single guy that they take on. And where does it? Where does it put them and, on the DL? You could do that with a few guys, but when you try and create an entire lineup of those guys, you're gonna get burned. I said you want to you guys yesterday. You want right? to keep Degrom and, and Noah, and build around them with guys who are on the decline. It's not going to do anything so for you. So the Mets' idea to compete this year was to get Todd Frazier, who we like, but he's a two twelve hitter, and and Adrian Gonzalez, who's not even on the team this year. Right. That was their that was their big plan to compete this year. That and those are the guys they brought in and Jason Vargas, who they can't, and they resigned they, Jay they, Bruce. They, they can't wait to get rid of. I like the Bruce West signing. Was, fasciitis. That was a good. That was a good signing. It was. No, season. it was. It was. I also thought Vargas was a decent. Uh, signing but announcing. here's here's what the problem is with the Mets, right? You got a guy like Todd Frazier who's been playing in the major leagues for what seven, eight years now, probably something like that. Never been on a DL a day in his life. The guy can't sniff the field right now. Yep. He's hurt because he's hurt. That's the curse Very of the Mets. Telling. The curse Very of the telling. Mets. Anyway. I just felt like we had to get that out there. Yeah, I th- and, and look, it's very topical right now because every Yankee fan is sitting here and saying that they want Jacob DeGrom, and and nothing makes more sense for the Mets. Nothing. There's no other team that can offer what the Yankees can offer. And you want to talk about Cashman being willing? And you can still get an, um, a franchise-changing trade for Noah Syndergaard. Absolutely. Not, at, not You won't get the quality back, but you can still get four guys that can help you yep. right now. Absolutely. It, it it just doesn't make sense for it not to happen, which is why so many Yankee fans, including myself, are hanging on to the hope. But the J. Roos Familia trade just should have put the final stamp on that ever happening. Because if that's what their thought process was, where they could have got guys that could be helpful to them, and they would have just had to pick up a couple million bucks for the rest of the year and didn't want to do that, they they have no interest in doing what's right for the for the the on-field operations of this team. And that's why Tim Tebow will be a major leaguer in September because they'll think, mm-hmm. oh, look, we'll get guys out here to come watch us because Tim Tebow is going to play. Right. That's that's yeah, They will, mind. though. They mindset. will get people yeah. there. And that's their mindset. Instead of rebuilding. And they're okay, yeah. and they're okay with that. Uh-huh. And that's why I honestly, as if you were a Met fan and you told me I can't support this team anymore, I wouldn't make fun of you for it. No. 
No, it's and I said it a million times. It's not because it's not because they're not winning. It's because of why they're not winning. Mm-hmm. If the Yankees went yep. through a stretch of being bad for ten years, okay, you live with it. But if they were, if the Yankees were bad for ten years because they literally had no interest in being good, then I would have a problem. Yeah, like on it. the ninth year of them being bad for ten years, they're still bad for those same reasons why they were bad from the beginning. If you went out there and made trades and signed mm-hmm. guys and it didn't work out, and you had a shitty farm system. And you went through a bad stretch. You know what? Bad luck. It happens. Not things didn't go your way. But if you every move you made was just to save money, and you had no intention of putting that money back into your club and making trades that made your club better, that just shows you have no interest in being a competitive baseball team. And Major League Baseball at that point really needs to step in. And because you know this what? is New York. I know we live in New Jersey, but this is New York. You have to put a competitive team on the field in new york you and you can't know hide like you're a can the kansas city royals it's almost like they're they're just accepting the pennant in 2015 as success and what is the most frustrating as a fan if you're a fan of the mets is that that pennant in 15 doesn't mean shit anymore well they got to the Do world series care? in 2000 so they didn't really give a shit for a few years do you then care they, anymore? then they got to the nlcs in 2006 and then they didn't really give a shit for a few years then they got to the world series in 2015 now they don't care they don't they like, have as a fan they have these little tastes of success every five or six years and then it holds them over mm-hmm. but the but yeah. but the difference this this time around is that they should have they should have Still been competitive after that 15 season. Yeah, they made the wild card game. Yeah, that was their window opening. And that was it? This, that, right. That was when their window opened in 15 with all these young guys. And you're not going to build on that? And they decided to close the window themselves. Come on, man. All right, let's get back onto the Yankees here. Uh, So yesterday's game, Yanks... Won seven six. It was way, way, way too close for comfort. Um, Chapman threw nineteen pitches. Sixteen were balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into that. Means that means three were strikes. Thanks, thanks, math major. It's that guy, right? Math guy, right? Uh, what I liked out of the Yankees there is that uh, you know offense came to life. They knocked around Mats a little bit. You know, Bird had a few big hits in that game. Yep. A couple. RBI hits off of Mats, which is a good sign for him. You know, Mats is a tough lefty. I think he had a one-two count on one of those. Yeah, big he hits, came. So. Yeah, so you know, I love I love one-two hits. So the you know, and then you know, uh, Judge hits a home run, makes it six-three. Uh, then you, you're thinking that that extra insurance run in the eighth doesn't mean anything, and here comes Chapman, and it meant everything. <laughs> and and let's preface by saying. Chapman really, if you want to talk about every single one of his outings, he really hasn't had a bad outing. He really hasn't. And this was beyond bad. Yeah. And and I I say it's because the Yankees decided with his knee issues to completely shut him down from all baseball activity during during the All-Star break, which maybe in the long run was the right decision, but Clearly, Chapman is a guy who can't go that long without throwing a baseball. I can't get on the Yankees for shutting him down for that week. That knee is... Look, man, I don't know how bad the knee is, but you don't want it to get any worse. So if you can give him a week off, I think you. I think it's something they had to do. 
Absolutely. Obviously, the results weren't good yesterday, no, and maybe but, it backfired on them. But like you, but said, they still won the game, and maybe long term, it it helps him. And I think every Yankee fan owes Jason Shreve an apology right now. I actually personally, I sent him a letter right to his house. <laughs> Honestly, I think every Yankee fan owes Jason Shreve an apology. That man came in yesterday in the most dire of circumstances. It was 7-5 at the Base point. Is loaded, Bases no loaded with no out. And if you told me Jason Shreve was going to get them out of that with a win, I would have laughed in your face. He gets in there, bang, double play. And it's still 7-6. Seven, seven, Jose Reyes at third base. And then, you know, you got Wilmer Flores coming up, who's been a very clutch player for the Mets. And he gets him out. It's a he, lot of walk-offs, that guy. He's got mm-hmm. ten, does he have 10 in his career or 10 this year? He no, not 10, 10 this year. year. He, has like three, he has like three, though. <laughs> no, but, have 10 win? <laughs> no, but he's very clutch for them. Sorry. So for him to get out of that was, was awesome. I mean, that was really, yeah, it it looked ugly, but that was really a great win overall to come through and, and buckle that game down. Yeah, Flores, 10 career walk And then tonight, you hope you get, you hope you get the dominant Tanaka back. You know, you hope well, before we get to Tanaka, man. I mean, are you just chalking that up to Rust with Chapman? Yes, one hundred percent. He kind of alluded to that in his post game. Said one hundred percent. He said, and I want to say this though about Tanaka, bro. That was that was the it was tough. That to was watch. the worst of Batances times two. It was it was very <laughs> bad. Um, with Tanaka, when he got hurt, wasn't it against the Mets? Yeah. And he was he was lights no, out. No, he was pitching a great game. He only that. gave up one hit, and it was to Nimmo to start the game. Mm-hmm. And then but he was five innings. Run, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> He's got to give up that home run. Uh, so hopefully this kind of gets Tanaka back on the right track tonight. I know the Yankees was, need to win this series. Yeah, it's a big game for him. There were some tweets out there after the game last night from some reputable people that – Maybe the Yankees should really consider overextending themselves on a trade for Britain. Do you think, I mean, is that something the Yankees need to worry about now? Is this, we have to go out there and get another team's close? I mean, I'm okay. I want to get Britain, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not overpaying for him. But now are the Yankees desperate because of Chapman yesterday? Or is this just, hey, he hasn't no. pitched in eight, nine days? No, I don't think the Yankees are desperate for, for really going to be desperate in any way for anyone if the price isn't right i think they can get britain for you know within a good deal he does have what a five something era right now yeah but we that's know highly how, inflated. i know we yeah, know how dominant britain is guys. we know how dominant he can be but what value does he have to the to the orioles right now i mean when you're losing seven nothing in the fifth inning you don't really he has a lot of trade value to them right well, yeah, but what I'm saying to you is... No, as a team, it means nothing What I'm to saying to you is the Orioles aren't going to talk to Cashman and tell him they want uh, Andujar and Sheffield for him right now. Oh, they can. They're going to want They're gonna want more. They're going to want more quality, uh, quantity over quality when it comes to, to Britain. Well, you know what? They We got Glaber for two months of Chapman, so I don't know. Is that something that the yeah, Orioles but the are looking Cub, the Cubs were on the brink of a World Series. And they so are the Yankees. They can win a World Series, but this Britain year. isn't the piece that we need. I'm just saying, is that what they're looking? Maybe if, that if to Jacob another. De, if Jacob Degrom was available and he was a rental, then that would be comparable. But I'm because sa- that I'm would saying be the guy. though, but maybe to another team, maybe to the Red Sox. The Red Sox feel like they need. Oh another... yeah, oh yeah. He makes he makes a world of sense on on the Red Sox right now because yeah. they need that. See, we don't need Britain. 
Would he help? Absolutely. But we don't need him for a World Series. If he was maybe an elite starting pitcher, we'd be having a different conversation. But he's not. All right. So anything else on these two games here? Anything else that popped up while we were away? I mean, Judge has been hot. But his biggest test, as we know, is on the road. So let's see. On the road again. Let's see if he can extend this hot streak. I just don't understand who came up with this friggin' schedule where they open up on. They come out of the All Star break at home, have to go on the road for three games to come back home again. Why can't they just have an extended uh, homestand before they went on the road? It's ridiculous. It's been all year. But they got to win tonight. And uh, Tanaka's the guy that's got to really step up. Just like Gray did yesterday, uh, calls out and you know whatever you want, but he took him into the sixth inning, and he needed to do that. And Tanaka needs to do the same thing tonight. All right. So normally we do uh, number trivia here. We forgot to do it last time. There was nobody, nothing sexy for number fifty-nine. I couldn't find anybody for number sixty. I'm sure there's been a number sixty for the Yankees. But, but no one anyone cares about. I couldn't find on the website that I use. I couldn't. I went through three pages of numbers and huh. couldn't find anything for number sixty. So, so, no one was Chopper number sixty. Maybe, my boy, who? Channel Park. Channel Park. Chris and I went to a game. It was Cap Day, and Channel Park was signing autographs. He snatches the cap out of my hand. Never did that. So we gotta go get Channel Park's autograph. Never did that. He was literally just walking up next to us, and I got his autograph, and then I threw the hat away. I took mine home, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> uh, before we close, though, we uh, there's, you know, we like to reference WFAN a lot on here because you know we uh, we do listen to it, and uh, you know, unfortunately, there's been some accusations about one of our favorite hosts on the uh, on the fan, Joe Benigno. So he's taking a leave of absence from the fan while these uh, allegations are being sorted through. Uh, and somebody wanted to come on and use our podcast as a platform to audition for Joe's spot while Joe's out. So uh, let's bring in the Mink Man right now because he wanted to use the NYY Sports Talk podcast to audition for Joe's spot while Joe's uh, taking a leave of absence. So Mink, why don't, why don't you come in and... Uh, All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on your program once again. Uh, like you said, a bit of controversy going on over at the WFAN studios. And, uh, well, uh, uh, there's a possibility that a morning show host will be out of a job uh, very, very soon. So I would like to audition for that job right here on your program with a little song I wrote called My Name Is... My name is John Minko, and I'd like to replace Joe Boninko. Yes, please give me the show. I'll even say bro, like I'm Joe Boninko. Oh my Drury, that was amazing. Okay, okay, okay. I don't really know what that was there, Mink, but uh, Tony in Brooklyn, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know Mike was stopping by, too. Yeah, I brought Mike along with me. He's my uh, he's my support group. Uh, and I really, man, I really think I nailed that out of the park, guys. Uh, what do you think? I got the job? Or, uh, Mink, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the execs listen to the show today. And me too, me too. Tomorrow. All right, all that right, guys. Well, well, thanks again. Uh, 
you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop by maybe uh, maybe next week. I could. Uh, we'll no, see. It's all right. All right. We'll, we'll figure something out, we'll guys. We'll see what happens, man. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Mink. Take it easy. We referenced uh, Drury there, you know, the Lord and Savior himself. <laughs> he, just real quick, uh, I thought he hit a home run yesterday, but the wind kind of knocked it down. You know, since he is the Lord and Savior, I don't think... He don't can... you think you could have pushed that one out? Yeah, really. Yeah, we like... need some angels in the outfield. <laughs> you think he could have stopped the wind there for a second? <sighs> Good show back, guys. Good show yeah, back. Great to be back. Uh, plan right now, tentatively, is to do midweek pod Wednesday, since the Yankees are playing a 12.05 game in Tampa Bay on Wednesday. So Jeez, we'll, huh. we'll hop on to wrap up the Tampa Bay series, and the Yankees are... Uh, Starting a four-game home series against the Kansas City Royals on Thursday. That's Sonny Gray's next scheduled start, so we'll see how that goes see what for happens. him. Uh, so it'd be Sevy, CC, and Sessa against Tampa Bay. Sevy, CC, Sessa, Sevy, CC. Yeah, say that yeah. fine. Five Sevy, times CC. fast. Last thing I'll say before we wrap up is I know a lot of people got on Boone and the Yankees for pushing Sevy and CC back. Uh, I can't make that big of a deal out of it. I know a lot of people are like, you got to pitch your best starters coming out of the gate. But especially with Severino doing all-star game activities, festivities and pitching in the game, he did hit a rough spot in his last two starts coming out of, coming into, going into the break there. And if this is what the Yankees came up with to keep him strong down the stretch, I mean... I can't. I can't get upset over it. I don't like it. I mean, I would have had him pitching tonight, but it was. It's not just about him saving innings. It was also about down the stretch with the schedule and and the teams he will match up against now. And if you want to tell me that, if you want to, if you want to start your argument with that, then then I'll be on board. But to push him off for these innings. I just don't agree with. I think if he pitched tonight, that would have been plenty of time uh, to have his break and to kind of regroup. But what's a day at that right. point? Right. Yeah, but you know what? It's Sunday night baseball against Jacob deGrom. And I don't care who you're playing. You're facing Jacob deGrom, and this is a big game for the Yankees because, you know, we're not tied with Boston anymore. We're, this this Boston team lost yesterday, but they don't lose many games. They're on a thirteen and two stretch right now. So and they're currently delayed in Detroit. So you know, I, I would have had him pitching tonight on the big stage Sunday night baseball. But you know, if it puts him against bigger teams down the stretch, and this is how it lines up, then I'm okay with it. You need Severino Sabathia to be healthy. You need them to be pitching well, or the Yankees have no shot at all, no matter who they bring in here. So if this is their plan to keep those guys rested, healthy, and ready to go for the second half of the year, I think you can wait three days, three extra days to see them pitch. I agree. All right. So that's episode 60 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. Head over to the description. NYYSportsTalk.com. Yeah, I forgot our website. NYYSportsTalk.com. New Glaber Gone t-shirts. That's the uh, Glaber's expected back Wednesday in the lineup. Tuesday or Wednesday, Booney said. Oh, now it's Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, it was he definitely said, Wednesday. He We're, said Tuesday How much are those Wednesday. Glaber shirts? 
They are twenty four ninety nine, and if you listen to the podcast and use the code NYYST twenty, you can save yourself twenty percent at checkout. Ooh, not a bang! And this is the first place we'll announce it, and then Wednesday we'll actually tweet it for the rest of the regular season. Every time Glaber Torres hits a home run, we will be giving away a Glaber Gone T shirt. Wow, very nice. All right, so from the, his return to the DL, from the DL. Through the end of the regular season, every time Glaber goes deep, we will be giving away a Glaber Gone T-shirt. So sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, maybe he has fifteen more in him. We gotta give away fifteen T-shirts. Maybe All right, I'll give away a hundred more T-shirts if it means that <laughs> that's what he's doing. All right, so thank you for listening to episode sixty of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Hopefully, you catch it in time for before the Yankees game tonight. Uh, prediction for tonight, Stack Guy Rye. Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, DeGrom will give the Mets a great start. Tanaka will be all right for us. I think the Yankees win a one-run game. Go ahead, make your grand prediction. Uh, I say the Yankees win it 4-2. to two. I see a pitcher's duel into the sixth before we go to the pen. And then uh, very similar to how the Yankees won the game in City Field against DeGrom. He gets nicked in the eighth, and the Yankees win a 3-2 to two ball game. Boom. All right. So, stat guy, Rye. Do you got anything to say, buddy? Go Yanks. That's his signature goodbye. I, did. I think I got it. I locked it in. All right. So you had all All-Star break to think of oh, it? Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about it. No, I that's like it. it. You locked nah, it in. Nah, it's Go it's that guy, Rye. Go, Go Yanks. Yanks. All right. Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. Hey!